Welcome back to another Indominus Crusade podcast, or Dominus Crusade podcast, I should say. We are crusading back into the 40k hobby, all aspects of the 40k hobby. As we said on the on the last one, it's kind of we all came back around uh, at the end of the seventh, beginning of eighth edition, and this is us reconnecting with the hobby. Today, I am joined by Nick, who was on the last episode, and um, the first time crusader Ben Weltman. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Welcome to the podcast, gents. Hey guys. Thanks, dude. Hello. I do have to ask, uh, do you think uh Bobby G do you think he brought us back into the hobby? <laughs> yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think it, I think it's all um Belisarius calls great great master plans kind of get us back in the hobby. Um Signs of the Emperor. See, I'd like to think so. That, but, go on, ben. but you know that there, there, there is a small chance that it was all just Zinch all along. So you know, <laughs> or, or, or it was the Deceiver. I don't know. Depends how far we want to go with it. I think that's certainly the case for Nick, being an Emperor's Children uh, oh. player. Um, yeah, I might, su- I might surprise you guys next, uh, you know, next uh, gathering, uh, IRL gathering. That's all I'll say. <laughs> awesome. So the, the, the idea and theme of today's episode is talking about 40k characters, 40k ninth edition characters in particular. And basically what we wanted to do is we've been having a bit of fun about talking about there's a lot of talk of rumours for who's coming next, like especially Primarchs since the Heresy and since Bobby G, as you mentioned, Nick, have come back. There's been it's been rife with who's next and what could be characters. And obviously through the novellas and novels, there's some interesting characters that Black Library have created, but there's also some old um, characters that haven't ever been kind of either models haven't been updated or, or just have never been done. People like for, for me, I'm a I'm a big Salamanders fan, even though I'm a Space Wolf player. And Tushan of the Salamanders is the chapter master. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but you know, I'd love to see a model of here. So this today's episode is all about. 40k characters in ninth. So let's start with let's start with who we think's coming. Okay. Who do you think is gonna like which characters do you think we're gonna see in ninth or, or soon? Is who's next on the on the um, sculpting block, lads? Um, Nick, do you wanna kick us off? I know that there's I know there's one in particular that I'm, I'm we, we talked about last time that I want to talk about today. Well, I'm gonna say from the start that I don't think we're gonna see any loyalist Primarchs from a business standpoint, and I don't think the setting is ready for them to come back yet. Uh, people have, I know, so many people are speculating that no, I, either um, you know the the Lion or um, or Khan or the Khan will come back, but I, you know that it won't happen in ninth. So that, that's that's my Primarch stuff out the way. As far as Korax is concerned, since he's so uh, tied to Lorgar. 
I think, you know, at some point in the distant future, they'll come like in tandem or something when the, you know, when that's ready to happen. Uh, but that, that's, that's what I'll say about the loyalist Primarchs. I don't think it's going to happen. That's, that's my take on that. I just wanted to get that one out. Okay. I mean, two barrels straight away, Nick. You're like not messing around. You're, you're, you, you know, you've, you've, you've re-rolled ones on that one and you've come in, come in hot, firing hot. Benj, let's, okay, let's, let's continue the loyalist Primarchs before I kind of say my piece. Ben, what do you reckon on, on the loyalists? Well, I mean, Nick definitely makes a really interesting point. And yeah, I could, I could kind of see that happening. Um, but I, I'm still inclined. It's probably the loyalist in me, and this is obviously difficult because I'm super biased to, you know, Space Marine Legions and Primarchs, of course, that, you know, are, are from armies that I happen to collect. Um, obviously, one yeah. of those that already get. SM so, fanboys, eh? Yeah, I mean, I collect, you know, Iron Hands and Raven Guard at the moment, and I think we can all agree that Ferris ain't coming back. And if he did, that would just be crap. Um, well, well, you know, well. unless there, unless there was some well, amazing why did you, why did you say story. That? But, but dude, you know, I mean, you do like, never know. He has been he has been seen <laughs> yeah. leading the Legion of the Damned. So you know, if they really want to make wow. money, okay, they could, they could yeah, head, headless spook. <laughs> Well, I think anyone who read the book, um, there was a huge amount of... <laughs> the Headless Horseman. <laughs> there's a huge amount of detail when Ferris actually gets beheaded. Um, if I remember correctly, there's some kind of ghost and spectral form that's actually released from the body that sort of almost frightens Fulgrim, um, and he sort of staggers back from it, and then it sort of disappears. Um, but that's going down a whole other thing. I think all I'd say really for the, for the um, I guess more in response to Nick, and then I'll say like, yeah, I, I just think the loyalist Primarchs are in a funny position because they, they can really, I think you, looking at the impact Bobby G had on the game, they can really swing things quite heavily because if you look at the last updates, like SM got, you know, where we, we got, all the Christmas presents and then some. And then when they started releasing Psychic Awakening and talking about releasing stuff for other armies, they were still giving us stuff. So releasing an, a Loyalist Primarch anytime soon around the start of ninth, I think would be a bad move just generally. Um, and then I think also for the fluff, you know, where, where do they come in? Um, then retcon in Bobby G and the whole Belisarius call is really cool. That arc. Um, but they need to have this kind of same thing lined up for someone else. And e even the Bobby G stuff, I think we can all agree, kind of maybe felt a bit rushed. Yeah, I think so. I think there's two camps of people as well, or at least uh, what, this is what I've noticed. Uh, at least what well, I, I would like uh, Russ to come back the most first, but that being, you know, from a, from a personal, from a character standpoint, because even Marcus was telling me today, his character's progressed so much in Wolfsbane to reflect where he is where the wolves are in 40k, as opposed to you know the the mindless attack dogs that they were, you know when he was hounding uh, Magnus. But um, you know I think they would choose. They'll probably you know he has the most he has the most full character development. But I think like when it comes to his relationship with Bobby G, it's not as good, it's not as kind of divisive as like as the lion or you know um, or someone else like a Khan who's more of a you know a free spirit. So I think they, they, as far as Primarchs are concerned, they would choose one that would act as a, sort of like a foil to, to to Bobby G instead of you know 
working with him to to to. to I, to, I think so. Yeah, to kind of spin yeah. it up a bit. That's a, that's a really good point. So here's actually. my here's my stance on it. And they've kind of been doing a lot of like rummaging around the room of bins, kind of looking at all the people's theories. Um, I think the I think the um, I think Russ is going to come last out of all the. I think he's going to be one of the last. If we see more Primarchs, I think he's going to be one of the last ones because of all of the way that he said to his legion, he'll come back at like you know the Wolf Time, the Wolfen Time, or whatever they call it, like basically the end fight and all that kind of stuff. So I have a feeling that will be the case. I also agree, Nick, that I think from a from a storyline point of view and from a from an intrigue of the Imperium of the kind of fucking shit up for better use of a better term the lion is far more interesting from a story arc point of view in a way of like generating um different story arcs and and having that kind of you know he's here to save the day but at the same time he's here to take over the imperium and what's happening with bilisar is cool and you know we've had little teasers about trace primaris marines or the custodes thinking that and there's some really interesting stuff that they can play around with in those story arcs i um i and i think that um but I wouldn't be surprised if the next one is, is, isn't a major one because Bobby G's a major one. I sort of think that we'll get a Khan. I think Khan, to be honest, for me, I think Khan's going to come next. Um, personally, think that he'll be, it'll be someone like him, um, I, which I think would be cool because they, they, they worked a lot on him in the Horus Heresy and the Scars, and they've started to fill out some of the not, let's call them... I don't know, the, the less rock and roll legions, the ones that have been perhaps, you know, the poster boys for space marines, like the Space Wolves, Dark Angels, Blood Angels, and, and Ultramarines have kind of sort of been the famous four. And the other ones were always a bit forgotten until the Horus Heresy came along. And now they've started, like Iron Hands, obviously getting such a good rules update. And now that people are starting to really care about the shattered legions, if you like, and those, those guys. So I kind of feel it'll be one of those prime marks if they're going to, do anyone and then I think maybe the lion but I think we're definitely getting some more traitor traitor primarchs before a loyalist one I think we're going to be well and truly outgunned Ben and I think the chaos players of our group are going to have more of the more of the primarchs and I think the next one is I think the next one's Fulgrim 100% the next primarch Fulgrim based on the teases based on the fact that it's apparent that there's a three year cycle for um, for models and codexes and things like that so I, I think Fulgrim's the next one, and I predict he's going to be October time. That's my. That's my. I'm going to put put my put my um, prediction on the line and put it on kind of you know podcast and see, see if it comes true. But that's, that's yeah, that's my is. thoughts. That's literally when my birthday is. There you go. Me. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say, me uh, too, brother. Me too. There's, there's, we're there's October. Something. We're October kindred spirits. There's two things here. There's okay. So as far as I know, the only the only stuff in the law that's hinted at um, developments about people returning are, you know, that we had the fight with Fulgrim in the beginning of uh, Dark Imperium, which is, and you know, there's, like I said in the last podcast, there's a, there's a bit where he's mentioned uh, having been seen um, in the mm. Psychic Awakening. There's also another bit, though, is that, that Luther has escaped from the rock. And as far as I know, yes. that's the only piece of, like, uh, loyalist Primark updates we've gotten. And that's the only thing that would lead me to believe that perhaps the lion is coming next. You know, the loyalist wise, I, I would. Yeah. My, my guess is it's going to be Fulgrim because they have to finish the the, the chaos uh, god. You know, the, the ones that are beholden to gods. Then we'll start to see. We'll see another loyalist, and then they'll start doing the undivided. Uh, you know, traitor primarchs. That's just my guess, though. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right, Bill. I think you're right. There's definitely been some rumours around Fulgrim. I think there's about three sight- like sightings of him now. And obviously with things like people like Fabius coming back and them expanding on, you know, because back in the day, Chaos was just kind of this, these, these random characters, but within just one army and they weren't, they didn't really pull out the different legions and world eaters weren't really talked about. It was, it was just had corn berserkers and Khan. You weren't, they certainly weren't talking about Empress children. I, you know, been playing the game for a long time. Well, I played the game when I was a kid and they, they wasn't really pulled out quite as much as they are now. Um, and Fabius obviously and Lucius being those guys and that's perhaps a little bit of a talk about who we're going to talk about next. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right on that. Ben? Back to you. Any any more thoughts on on what we just we talked about? Yeah, I, I mean, just quickly the the whole Luther part. Um, I think any, anything that hints to Luther escaping the rock that's that's pretty major news because obviously you know he's second to only the Lion as far as the Dark Angels are concerned, um, and that would probably have a big effect or impact with you know the cipher who's part of the what the triumvirate of bobby g returning um along with what was it celestine and voldus and uh eldradu thram but yeah i think the the whole fulgrim thing makes total sense i think beyond what or, or adding to what you both said about him coming back i think the biggest thing is the fact that bobby g is back because who wounded Bobby G in the first place? It was Fulgrim. So it makes absolute sense for him to come back next. Um, and yeah, I think it would be really cool and it would be really good for, I think, the game if ninth starts and really gives Chaos Marines particularly, um, and, and Chaos a bit more as well, but uh, Chaos Marines like they're just so underwhelming the last updates, I think, and um, where they were as a a faction in the game and stuff um but yeah from a fluff perspective it would just be it would be very cool as well because obviously fulgrim's connection to bobby g um and then him being sighted in the psychic awakening is pretty cool um i think it would kind of make sense if they do do that for a bit maybe a couple more demon primarchs come back because if you look at the ratio now we've got what mortarian and magnus so it's yep. two to one at the moment. So if Fulgrim comes back, then maybe another one comes back and then a loyalist Primarch. But yeah, I mean, that could be way off. Um, I, I think that as much as, yeah, I would love to see one of the other loyalists return. Um, like Korax would be pretty cool. But yeah, what Nick said earlier about sort of creating... Um, you know, more story and like drama and what, what would actually be interesting and good and healthy for the story going forwards. It makes a lot more sense. Someone like the Khan or the lion coming back that, you know, is going to spice things up a bit for Bobby G. Um, I think the only quip to that, I think it's interesting. Well, just the, the final thing is the only quip to that is that obviously, you know, from what I've read, um, you know, Bobby's really having a hard time dealing with the actual Imperium and the state that it's in. You know, he's basically woken up to a nightmare. Um, you know, not only is the Imperium in a state, everyone obviously worships his dad, the High Lords of Terror, um, you name it. There's, there's a thousand, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a thousand and one issues that he's got to deal with on top of the fact that, you know, probably all of his traitorous brothers are trying to kill him too. Um, 
him having an ally would also make a lot of sense. Someone that's going to help him a bit more. Um, I know that he's developed quite a good relationship with Trajan Valoris, uh, the Captain General of Custodes or Custodes. Um, but then also, what would happen if Valdor came back? Yeah, that's a big one. That's definitely one I want to talk about. Like, um, so there's a few. There's a few interesting things. I, I, I also agree with Nick that I think Korax and Logra are intertwined. Interestingly enough, the word bearers are starting to get quite a lot of mentions in um, the conquest novels. Like, there's one. I forget the name of it. I've been reading at the moment, which has got like an imperial fist, a raven guard, and and a white scar on the cover. And the word bearers are kind of the um, antagonists in that book. Um, and they mention Erebus and Corferon a lot. So it's interesting that they're starting to mention these characters who I also want to have a br- brief delve into as, as, you know, where are they now um, kind of characters because obviously they're still out there and um, uh, it would be interesting to see what happens with them. So um, I sort of think that Korax versus Lorgar is a great shout and actually will probably be something that we see in the not too distant future, what I would, what I do think is, we, it's clear that we've got Space Marines versus Necrons for summer of this year. So if we kind of treat them as campaigns, summer twenty twenty is going to be Necrons versus Space Marines. But I kind of, kind of think winter twenty twenty or going into kind of autumn time, autumn winter time is Space Marine versus Chaos. But is my is my guess. Um, and again, I think that we probably, I think to Ben's point, a loyalist Primarch's not a bad shout. But I think Fulgrim's coming first. Go on, Bench. You you just made me think of something actually because of what we've been talking about and because of some of the uh, you know um, I think rumours and and things that people are starting to hint at with you know maybe they're bringing back all of the specifically aligned Chaos uh, Primarchs and then they're going to go for the uh, what are they called undivided Chaos kind of. Uh, factions and, and Primarchs and I just pulled out my Iron Hands Codex because my brain just went oh yeah what's that Vengeance for Isfam 5 strategy that they gave us that I just I remember seeing and just thinking but who, who brings these armies that much but actually it makes a lot of sense if they're going to yeah. do stuff with it in the future and often they do do that they bring stuff out like they'll print it in the book almost as like a little early kind of preview or hint as to something that might happen later um, and this stratagem basically is just a, a fight phase thing. Um, but what is it? Uh, you get reroll hit rolls against word bearers, iron warriors, night lords, or alpha legion. Now, vengeance for Isfan Five. If you're Iron Hands, that that you only really care about the Emperor's children in a way, really, because they're the ones who did the worst damage. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. why have you got a stratagem against the four others? Now, obviously, they're the four that were supposed to be the backup. Right, they were supposed to be the backup to the Raven, and you know we we know the story. Um, but actually, if you look at that and think, well, they're the four Chaos Undivided chapters factions going forwards. If they do start doing stuff like that, um, maybe that's kind of with that in mind. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that may. I think that's a great shout. Go on, Nick. I think uh, from what I know. Um, they are kind of siege of terror is justifying why Logar would turn, you know, would consider Damonhood, because obviously previously he was always about reason, and you know, uh, you know, y- using chaos instead of, you know, melding with it 
So if they're trying to justify why his character would turn would turn into a demon prince in um, Siege of Terror, it's they also setting him up for the future as well. I'm not saying that he's on. Yeah. Game, but, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I definitely. Think, I think his model would, you know, out of, out of all the trader Primarchs, uh, aside from Fulgrim, um, I'm I like him the most because of the uh, of his uh, Primarch novel, and because I think he might look have he has a chance to look the coolest as a Daemon Prince as well. Interesting. Yeah, Lorgar's a bit of a weird one. He kind of, you know, out of all of the, a lot of the. Sorry, did I say Primarchs? He kind of appears and. I meant Perturabo, my mistake. Yeah. I was talking about Perturabo, not not Lorgar. Yeah, I completely fucked that up. I, I'm really glad you said That's that, okay. actually, Nick, because yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say, but like Lorgar, really? I got confused there. Yeah, um, so it's definitely Perturabo I'm speaking about, because Lorgar, I don't know, I'm not, you know, I'm not too big on religious zealots, you know what I mean? I like word, I like, so, you know, when word bearer, bearer characters, I like, they, I like them. They, you know, they they're enticing and they they serve well as villains. But I've never been too interested in Lorgar, to be honest with you. I know people might hate me, but I think that um, the word bearers <laughs> are, the word bearers are best served by their, um, you know, by the Corfairons, the Erebuses, and whoever that dude's name was in the uh, Fabius Bile novels, who's got a bomb implanted in his chest. Oh, he sounds fun. I have no idea, mate. You've stunned me on that one. Um, that I'm yeah, sure there's people in like frantically in comment sections or shouting at the, the their headset, being like, "It's this guy," but no idea on that one. Um, in terms of it, I, the, we're, me and Sam are planning a seizure terror so far, kind of a um, bit of a review because I've been all over those books, and and you're right, Perserabo is definitely a feature of those so far like in the latest book first of all he's 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 a big part of the book and i don't want to go into too much spoilers and you know what what not but i think that you're right what i've noticed between it the we're kind of getting tarantino style timelines now with 40k where and i don't know i'm sure this is intentional and i'd love to talk to black library authors about this um, or someone at games workshop once the pandemic's over but i have a real feeling that they're setting stuff up in things like the siege of terror and 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 he- the heresy and the codexes and all these little tidbits of just snippets that then give us clues as like a breadcrumb trail to kind of where where the what who's coming next and what story arcs are going to be talking about and obviously Guy Haley's going to be leading and and um, and the crew are going to be leading the charge on this new novella series where I think we're going to get these characters kind of come to life. Um, but I, th- I think that Perturbo would be a really cool model, you know, like. He's just a he. He'd be massive. He'd just be this massive kind of hulking, kind of guns everywhere. It could be really cool. Um, I think all the models, especially from what we've seen as well with with the Necrons, are just getting to a whole different league than we've ever had before. So I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm bet you know chomping at the bit for new Primarchs. Benj, I've seen you scribbling something down. I feel like you've got you've got a, a point to add. <laughs> I was just writing it down so I didn't forget. Um... Yeah, it's just that, yeah, Perturabo would be awesome. Um, he's a really cool Primarch. Angel Exterminatus was an amazing book in the, the Heresy series. And actually, I, I hope that Graham McNeil isn't completely excluded from writing on the Siege of Terror because I remember some like minor controversy. He just wrote a novella short story. He just wrote oh, a novella awesome. short story, which just literally just came out. So um, he's not one of the main authors. He's not writing one of the books, but he's, he's well, definitely contributed. 
I can't remember what that book's called as well. Apologies for that, but um, um, I can put it in the show notes. Uh, that's all good. I mean, yeah, it's just because I, I mention his name because not just because of Angel Extant and Artist, but really because of Storm of Iron. Um, I think if it weren't for his books, you know, we wouldn't have this awesome background lore about, you know, Iron Warriors in 40K. Um, you know, it's a really cool, um, really awesome story for anyone that's read it, the novel, but it, it kind of expands into an omnibus and it's full of other short stories. Um, but it intertwines really nicely with the Ultramarines trilogy. So anyone who's read about Uriel Ventress and the Ultramarines in 40K, um, the Storm of Iron 40K, Iron Warriors ties in really nicely with it. Um, the two main protagonists in those books and stuff, but I won't go into that. It's just that they're awesome and they really set, uh, they gave you a really good insight into the mindset of Iron Warriors in 40K. Um, and it links so well with Angel Exterminatus. It's just crazy because obviously, you know, it's, it's a bit easier in a sense to write um, links between 30K heresy, uh, you know, traitorous legions and their 40K counterparts because they're, a lot of them, you know, survived and, you know, they still have similar kind of traits and, and even characters. Um, and that's really cool. So if they, if they do start exploring more undivided, he'd be a great place to start. They've got so much fluff there to work with because you could then start doing, you know, character series with like the actual warsmiths. Um, so I was going to say, yes, Hansu. Hansu would be an excellent... Exactly. exactly. Chaos, yeah. chaos needs more more models, more named models from the books. I mean, just think to be honest, I think everyone, as, as much as I want more SM stuff, you know, and give me more loyalist primarchs and characters and stuff, it's there, there's got to be a limit on it because, like I've talked about with loads of people, just the Xenos and the other factions need some love. They need some characters. You know, Ultramarines alone have got 10 characters maybe you know um sm in general if you counted them up and literally stacked them all up and went oh how many characters do sm have they'd probably there's probably over 30 especially if you start adding forge world in it's crazy um and then yeah. you look at well just know, just, just on that point quickly ben like just on that point i think i think you raise a good point first thing i think with necrons what we're seeing from all of the stuff that we already know and some of the teasers we've seen they're getting some characters and they're getting some real love and they're, and, and they've basically refreshed their range and are giving them at least two, two named characters and then a prime mark size character, um, straight off the bat. So that's awesome. Um, I think that that's definitely going to happen. The other question I have for you though, just on this topic is how important are characters to actual gameplay? Because I sort of feel like, they're really cool and it's cool. You can kind of create your own characters and stuff like that. But I think there's twofold with this one probably, and I'm sure we'll see this more in the books, more Xenos characters as they write about, but obviously space Marines are kind of our link to the universe in, in a lot of ways of storytelling. And two, do you really, do, I sort of have a bit of a weird relationship with characters in, in, in the 40 K universe. Cause I don't think they do that much. I actually think things like smash captains are a lot better than some of the named characters, for instance. So as cool as they are, I don't actually see them played as much. I mean, as a baseball player, I have to take about 30 because that's kind of how I roll. But at the same time, I don't, whenever I play anyone else who's got Space Marines, it's rare that I see, you know, a named character, for instance, fighting against me unless maybe Blood Angels. 
I mean, I, I can say that Lucia sucks generally, and uh, he's nothing more than like a character. <laughs> you could argue, you could argue that the, the, master, the, the master of executions more or less does what you know Lucius was meant to do as well. So taking him, I don't know. It's it's not really. It's it's, it's for fluff. Nothing else. IMO. He doesn't really fit in my list. Yeah. I take him because I want to be okay, but that person. <laughs> but you know, it's. I, I, and, I, and that's. And, and and is that the problem right there? Is that what you're kind of highlighting, Jarzy? Yeah, I think so. I think that the I, one thing I've noticed with the new, the slightly new focus, and I think Bobby G is an example of this. And some characters are coming out. I'm really interested to see how Fabius plays, right? So I sort of feel that some of the newer characters are now getting written rules where they interact with armies properly and actually enable you to do really cool stuff with your army. But yeah. old characters that they haven't re-updated tend to just do one thing only and it doesn't work that well because they've got, like Arjak, for instance, really cool character, does some cool stuff, in, in certain situations can be really good. But most of the time, it's really hard to get his one thing off that he does quite well. So he ends up being fairly redundant. Um, and the same with Bjorn the Fellhanded. Love Bjorn. Great model. Um, like, one of my favorites. If he goes off, he's insane. Most <laughs> times, he's probably getting shot turn one, and, and, and he's just a cool, he's a cool decoration um, for a turn. So, but I think that that's about... I have a sort of feeling that's about change. Like I said, I'm really interested to see how, like, Fabius and the new Necron characters kind of play. Um, to where, and, and I sort of think that, like, you know, a lot of the new prime, like the Iron Father, Ben, who you've got, he seems to work and synergize really well with the entirety of the army. Not just he kind of does one thing well, and if you nullify that, he's, he's sort of out. Do, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's a really good example of it. And funnily enough, that was kind of what I was going to say. I think that they're. I think that obviously, you know, vanilla or, or customizable like Smash Captains, for example, they're always going to be really popular because, you know, people want kind of different things from their HQs and characters, you know, named characters are obviously restrictive. That's, that's their biggest disadvantage for sort of, I guess, competitiveness. Because from a fluff perspective, from a narrative or an open play perspective, no one really cares. Like you'd bring all of the named characters for a fluff game. Um, you know, if you would, if if we wanted to just have a laugh and and have some melee and you know play a cool story out stuff like that, you're happy to take characters. But yeah, I think a lot of the older characters don't have very competitive rules. Um, there are a few that kind of break the mold, and obviously you've got you know people like Leasisodon, the the chapter master of the Raptors, he's, who's he's. just an incredible character. Um, if you don't know him pull him up on Battlescribe. Um, I'm sure most people that would listen to this probably know who he is. Um, he's a rare example where I think they really thought hard about what would be really cool and fluffy for him. Um, you know, he doesn't have an in-fun. Uh, he's a very, very killable chapter master in a lot of ways, but um, what he can do with his kind of ambushing and, you know, three deep strike of three units is just incredible. And yeah, I think at the tail end of eighth or wherever we are now, I guess, which is yeah, tail end of eight, um, we've started to see for sure a lot more um, interesting character rules. 
Pharos being an example of that. But I think also like I've, I've tried out playing New Shrike, who is only marginally different. Um, he's got like an extra two inches movement on his old character. You know, his claws are flat to damage. But he now gives reroll charge out to Phobos units as well as uh, jump pack units. So that's really cool. They've expanded him up. But just by giving him that keyword Phobos, that's actually a huge range of, of models and units available um, to him because that's anyone in Phobos keyword armor. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and this is what I mean. It seems they, he seems to synergize with the army and, and you can build around them much more than the older characters, I think. And some of the other characters like, you know, like Sissadon you mentioned, there are the odd ones or two that's, that kind of like still have these incredible rules. But most of them, I think, you know, the, the new stuff is seeming to So I think, you know, back to Lucius, and I want to talk about Lucius because he's a big character, I think, that needs to be in, in 40K. Like, he needs a new model. He needs to be some big, bad, evil. You need, you need to see him on the tabletop because he's a cool, he's a dick, but he's a great character um, in, <laughs> in the 30K lore and certainly for 40K. Um, but yeah, I kind of think that, you know, Trike, Iron Father, they're examples of guys that really synergize with their armies well and actually bring out the best of their chap, their, their specific armies rather than just being a cool character that, that, you know, you get them in combat or if you get them in the shooting phase or in psychic, they kind of do some, they've got some tricks, but also outside of that, they, they kind of fall a bit short. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, so, I think, um, I think as far as, um, as far as the new stuff for Emperor's Children, um, there's a strat which would work well um, with the Clone Lord uh, because, you know, Bile provides buffs and then there's another, there's a close combat strat, can't remember its name, which also buffs uh, a unit. And now that, you know, they've removed that stupid rule of, you know, he's going to kill uh, models on sixes, uh, Fabius, which I think put everyone off playing him. Like, you know, as soon as you're going to introduce a rule, like, yeah. you might get rid of your model. It's, it's, it's already, you're already, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a death sentence for competitiveness for him, for sure. Yeah. So, and, uh, unless you're a real big fan of World Eaters and love the love Khan the Betrayer, you tend not to want to kill your own units. He, he got a new model, you know, more, more recently as well. He did, yeah. His his sculpts looks wicked. He's it's he's a bit he's a bit old compared to like some of the Primaria stuff, but still a wicked looking model. Especially if you like, I've seen some amazing conversions of, of Khan. He's like he's such a legend as well. But like, it's such a shame what happens to him because he's a legend in the thirty k. They make him to be the coolest guy, and then he's turned up to be this absolute monster bastard. And uh, what a cool character! Let's talk about Nick. Let's let's shift into kind of we've talked about prime mocks we've talked about kind of a bit of the state of characters at the moment who do we want to see like maybe let's go to like a captain sort of hero character level because we've talked about lucius like these kind of guys who do we want let's, maybe let's talk about lucius and fabius a bit more but who are those kind of guys that we want to see and let's start with lucius and fabius then Nick. like talk us through kind of those guys what you want to see we obviously know fabius is coming what you want to see out of him we've already had a preview for his rules they look pretty pretty solid and then other kind of Chaos characters. Maybe let's go to Lucius and some of the others. I mean, I think I think uh, the, the the Fabius books are pretty popular. I think people. Uh, I think they sell well. What surprised me about um, you know the release of of Mister Bile, uh, Fabulous Bill, whatever you want to call him, um, 
what surprised me about his uh, his press release was that they didn't have more of his uh, his menagerie of um, of apothecaries of fallen apothecaries because he basically has a whole mm-hmm. you know a whole team that's completely separate from from the rest of chaos from various legions like he's got black legion there he's got um, like I said he's he's like sewn a bomb into a word bearer's chest and forces him to deal with all the daemon stuff because he hates uh, you know daemons. And he refuses to deal with them. Uh, there's this awesome world eaters apothecary. I can't remember all these names. There's too many of them, but he is so sick. And like having a, you know, that's also like you know, we don't see that. We we, we got like we got one side of the world, the world eaters. I think um, I think the the Primarch novel, uh, Angron's Primarch novel, expanded upon you know the the feel of the Legion a bit more and gave them more depth. But like this is just alone this this apothecary that works with fabius the world eater who's absolutely loyal to him is such a compelling character because he's an apothecary and he's a world eater and he's got the nails and he's you know try you know he tries to deal with them instead of just succumbing to mindless rage um there's also another emperor's children um apothecary from the first book who i believe is going to be in book three as well uh he um he was the protagonist i would say um, you know he's an interesting character, but he's not as as, as, as flavoursome as some of the other. And you know, fa- you know, fabulous Bill has also got his whole other menagerie of um, weirdos. Like he's got this whole like fabulous Bill's just so good. He, but he's got a whole sect of like I've that before. It's great. He, like he's got a whole sect of Emperor's children that he uh, he lifted off um of another uh of another Chaos Lord who tried to. Uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers to the books, but he he lifted them off him. So he's got like uh, a fair amount of noise marines and um, you know and and other and like uh, even like this normal human uh, cultist woman who's got hooves. She actually commands a portion of Emperor's children, which is interesting. It's an interesting dynamic having that kind of female dynamic. Do you know what I mean? Especially from a chaos standpoint, controlling um, you know a bunch of drug addled uh, uh, Emperor's children. So you know, seeing some of those motley crew would be cool. Um, you know, I'm. I, there's, I think chaos, as far as chaos is concerned, I think there's a, such a ample opportunity to introduce, uh, you know, very flavoured characters from books that haven't really been explored. Because you know, in general, in 40k, we don't see um, characters in, in you know 30k does this where they introduce characters into the game from mm. from the novels. 40k doesn't do this. It's we we we, we see we've had car- we, all the models we have have been. Haven't really been in books apart from like Ultramarines or you know. So there's, so there's other examples, but yeah. The, yeah, there's there's. Go on, Ben. Hey. Yeah, there's um. That's there's some really interesting points. I've been scribbling some notes. Um, there's a couple of things to to definitely touch on. I think, um, I think Giles should bring up the Night Lords as well because that's the one thing that I wanted to mention before shutting up. Is they they'll definitely oh, get mate, there's yeah we can talk we can talk night lords and night lords in a second so there's there's two chaos legions that I the only two chaos legions I'm interested in um, night lords just because of the ADB trilogy but 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 also um, the um, alpha legion but Ben you crack on your points um, and then I want to kind of maybe touch on a couple of characters that we'd love to see each um, after Ben's kind of um, kind of followed on from Munich. I think there's a couple of characters that we, we, we could we could talk about that we'd love to see come back. Ben, what were you going to say, mate? Oh, thanks, man. It's, uh, I 
guess carrying on from the fabulous Bill kind of uh, discussion because he's just so fabulous. But that actually really made me think that kind of works well as like agents of chaos, if you will, as like a kind of direct opposite to agents of the Imperium. Um, you don't really. I think the thing that I really would love to see more of in ninth is that like all over balance, which it seems like they're you know kind of addressing anyway. You know, we've already seen it from like a CP point of view, detachments. There's all this new stuff going to be coming out. So some of this may become redundant, what I'm saying. But yeah, it'd be really cool to see more balance. So where you've got like people sort of, I think in eighth, there was a lot of complaints about soup. And really the only armies that could soup were Imperium and Eldar. Okay, Chaos can a bit because they can mix up the gods and stuff, but it's just not quite the same. It doesn't feel so multifactional, you know, especially at the beginning of Eighth when you were seeing, you know, basically guard, custodies, and space marines all together in one list. That's just horrendous to deal with. Um, and I think that a lot of the changes they made eventually dealt with that, which is cool. But rather than just, you know, chuck the nerf bat uh, you know or the or the nerf nuke at it and just remove it from the game um it's also cool to kind of see it from a perspective of the inquisition so you want soup for the inquisition because that's fluffy that's part of their story they will literally just turn up and go right you're you're with us and so are you and so are you um so to see that in other armies and factions would be really cool so to see Fabius be able to do that for Chaos and to be able to group up all these kind of different units and stuff into that kind of a faction. Um, I don't know whether you're going to really be able to do that with a lot of the others, um, but it certainly makes sense, you know. From yeah, that man, I think that's a really cool point. I think I think like people like play. I think that's what they're starting to build in when we see different. Um, you know, in Tower, you've got their, their different types of, um, I forget what they call them, and you've got different craft worlds now, and you've got different the sets in, in Necrons. Like you can, yeah, 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 exactly. So you've got like these different, and then they're going to bring characters that are unique to those different types of, and I think we'll start to see them build out the ranges. I think the Necrons are going to be a really cool, like, blueprint for what they're going to do with the, obviously, non-Imperial um, and non um, chaos factions and I, and, and I welcome that I think everyone does I think everyone wants to see them get a bit more fluff because it makes it more int- it makes it more interesting to play against their armies you don't just want to see generic model you know and people make their own cool characters but I think that there's an element of storytelling where we want a bit you know they put name generators in codex for a reason because not everyone's like you know Ben's really good at coming up with names characters he's got loads but I always struggle I end up just calling especially with Space Wolves it's like I just pick like an Icelandic name like Gunnarsson or something it's like yep that's Gunnarsson old uh, old Gunny Gunnarsson um, or something like that so you I think the more characters and the more flavour we can have on the table is only a good thing um, when it comes to like characters that I want to see Nick mentioned one like the Night Laws trilogy is by far one of the coolest set of books ever and characters like Tal- like Aaron Domsky Bone and uh, you know him and uh, Dan Abnett make really amazing characters and the, the characters in um, in the night the Night Lords book. I don't want to spoil anything, so I've got to be careful what I say. But there's some really cool characters in that. It'd be cool to see some of those guys play out on the table. And obviously, Night Lords in general, like Sevatar and those dudes, they always have, they're like they're sort of a bit like the Joker. They have this kind of proper bad guy feel about them. 
and you sort of want to see them on the tabletop. Um, the big, what, a couple of the big ones um, for me that, that I that I really want to see. I, I really want to see a couple of word bearers like Corferon. I really want to see him on the table. I think you know we've got a Baden, um, and he's really cool. But all of those first company, the the the, the kind of like the second in commands, the Primarchs. I want to see a few more of those guys on the table. Like people want to challenge Abaddon in the Chaos Realm and kind of him to have some interfights out, out in the warp, but also from the Imperium, kind of, you know, the, again, if you've read any of the not like the, in the novels, Sigmundson versus Abaddon is something that's kind of happened a few times now and, and, and it's really cool. So again, I don't want to spoil it too much for those that haven't read some of the books, but I think there's a real opportunity for those sorts of characters to kind of come back. Um, so there's a couple of the people that I'm kind of excited to see on the tabletop return. And any others from you? Any you are like we're re- it'd be really cool to see that guy. I mean, I know Ben, you you love you you're Ventress, you love the Ultramoose um, omnibus. Um, another Graham McNeil book. You were you're a Graham McNeil fan, but any any that's like come out that kind of rise alarm bells in your head. Like I want to see this guy on the tabletop. I want to have that model that miniature. Right now, I think it's really tricky because as much as I want them to bring out some more, you know, some more interest in Space Marine characters, I think it would just be better for the game if they brought out a few more characters for the other factions that just don't have them. Um, you know, even if they're not named, just a couple of more actual characters. Um, I, I think a conversation that I've had many times with, uh, you know, one of my best mates who's a Dark Eldar player is, you know, we're sort of looking at lists of characters and, and building lists and, you know, maybe we're building a list for a fluffy game or a comp game, whatever. Um, but you just start building the list and you start looking at the HQs and you're like, he's literally got like one arc on. I will um, say, I will yeah. say that um, Blackstone Fortress has been sneaking in named characters into various factions, not Dark Eldar though. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because Eisenhorn's also been released, actually, hasn't he? And he's not really, you know, he, he's an interesting character. He's got some really cool rules. If you've read the books, then it's just even better. That, um, that does bring me to another point. But I think that will come. I think, I, I, je- I definitely think that will come. I think that the other factions, like, you know, you, we, they, you've seen that they've redone Shadow Sun. Like, I think that we're going to start getting these, and, and you know, like Silent King's coming, and Necrons have got another, yeah. like, like I say, they've got a few characters. I think that will happen. And I know, I know you're kind of beating the drum for the, for the non-SM players. But let's kind of, let's play the game a little bit and go back to like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be an SM character, just, just a character in the 40k universe like who do we want to see on the tabletop because i think that that's the exciting part is that we're starting to get this universe be created because but back in the day when i played the game originally we had these cool characters but we didn't know really anything about them apart from khan was a bit of a weapon with an axe and you know fabius bill was a bit of a uh, you know was quite into cloning stuff but there wasn't really this fluff around them now that the heresies come out and stuff like that you know these 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 stories are sort of a recent thing over the last like five ten years and you know that was when i missed the hobby so um or i wasn't in the hobby for it um so yeah like, who, who are the characters even if they're like like you know i know that there's a couple of jukari characters that are in the law that aren't on the tabletop so perhaps pick those guys or elder characters there's some really cool people or that need an update model i think that some of the elder like that i forget her name was it Yvrain? her model yeah, is yeah. sick like yeah, absolutely. those two coming out was awesome 
Um, so I think there's a couple of like there's a the Eldar needed all of yeah they've got a couple of others. I agree, I agree. Then there's a couple of other characters like I forget the guy's name. um, You you referenced him earlier, Ben. He was he was part of the reason that Bobby G's rocking around. Eldrad, Um, Eldrad probably. Yeah, the big Eldrad needs a new model, surely. I would say you know okay. There's there's two that I really want to see. One is pretty famous. Um, I would love to see Warsmith Honsu as a as a as an evil um, you know an, an, an evil chaos character. That's my last pick for chaos before I stop thinking about them. I think he, okay. would, he would be great. What what, what about Honsu? Well, because he's half a uh, him his, his gene seed is half um, imperial fist and half iron warriors, so he's already a cheeky monkey. Just spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Just from that alone. <laughs> but I mean, we you know we, we we've given a fair few spoilers. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, um, to be honest, if anyone's got through this part of the episode without being like, "Oh shit, I haven't read some of these books," like that's kind of the I'll put a bit of a, a I mean this, warning up front on this, on this, this one, next one. This next one's that's kind of the point. This next one's a fucking spoiler as well. Uh, I would love to see Ravenor. Okay, go for it, Nick. I would love, I would love oh, to see wow. Ravenor. Yeah, okay. And his, and his magical fucking wheelchair. Um, oh, that would then, be amazing. Because <laughs> I think he's... Like, <laughs> like Professor awesome. X. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, because I think he's an awesome character, and like, I, I, I much prefer him uh, as far as the, the you know, the, um, to, to Eisenhorn. To be honest, I just prefer his, his uh, I don't know, his, his vibe. Then there's one last one that's an unknown character. He's been in two short stories, and I think he was cited maybe in the Death Watch novel. He's a, he's a fucking lamentous. Okay. He's a dread, lamentous dreadnought called Chiron. And oh, wow. he, he thinks all of the lamentors have been completely pulverized by the Tyranids, and he's the last lamenter that exists, and he's a fucking pissed off grumpy dreadnought that thinks he's the last lamenter and he's as a result he's permanently attached to the death watch and i think having him would be super jokes just because he's such a just you know there's everything about it is like you know the lamenters are this cursed chapter and you know you've got this last grumpy dreadnought that thinks he's the, the last one left uh, it would be you know it would be cool to to see because uh, i i like some of the um I, I like all the Dreadnought characters, to be honest with you. Uh, I like that. Yeah, uh, you Dreadnought know, characters are epic. It's got, you know, that, the, that Forge World 1 uh, from for Red Scorpions. I can't remember his name. Carol Khan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's 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 an epic the model. Reason. Yeah, it's an epic model. Um, you know, Bjorn. All the Dreadnoughts that are characters are cool. There's another one that's... that um, Braille, Thash, Mantle. Hell, actually... Uh, yeah, Salamanders. Fabius Bile has a pet Dreadnought now as well. Uh, it was a. It was, yeah, it was one of the, the good. It was one of the. It was. I think. Uh, it was. It was good once. It was good once, and they broke him. Like he was actually like he was a loyalist. That, that sounds just like Fabius. Yeah, he he was broken before. Yeah. Then, um, but yeah, he was. He's, he's a. Um, he's a contemptor. He's a contemptor dreadnought melee contemptor oh, wow. dreadnought uh, from. He, there was. A, I think that was a loyalist emperor's children, back in the day. But then they like completely broke him. So yeah, See, I mean that's. Dreadnought characters, that's my thing. Yeah, I would say it would be cool. I, I'm definitely with you in the Dreadnought characters fan club. Um, you know, probably Same. probably push him for like first chair, um, you know, or, or lead cheerleader or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the Dreadnought I mean, who doesn't like character Dreadnoughts, though? Who do, like, I, yeah. If there's anyone listening to this, write, write in. Who doesn't like character Dreadnoughts? They're like literally 
the coolest, the coolest characters. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think, I think if anyone's probably listening to this, they realise that we're sort of not on the Xenos bandwagon. There's about like there's only about two, I think, two or three Xenos players in our hobby club. Well, well, I mean, like in the, our group of mates that play. My, my, yeah, my next army is my next Space army and Chaos. My next, I mean, my one of my first armies. Oh first, shit! First, you heard it here first. My my first Tyranid, my first army was a Tyranid army, and um, I'm gonna, I will do um, at some point, probably next year, I'll start an Eldar jet bike army because you know it's nice. an interesting playstyle. Uh, I love Eldar. Funnily enough, like you know, I play Emperor's Children, but like um, you'd think that I would gravitate towards the Dark Elder, but I, you know, they they're really interesting and cool. But maybe there's just too much darkness in my cupboard, and I need a little bit of you know, a little bit of hope. <laughs> need a little bit of pink to line it up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely. I think it's really interesting. We kind of touched on it earlier, and I wrote a little side piece on it, and I'm just going to bring back to it. But like. It is going to be really interesting to see what kind of impact 30k has on 40k going forwards because I think we've already started to actually see a bit more of a crossover because like on the GW community site that other week when they did that whole uh, Primark, what was it, like uh, arcade fighting kind of thing, they basically Uh, released the Lion for 30k and so you know, front and center on the community website, they were doing like a roll off basically against all the other loyal Primarchs. And then they did it with the traitorous ones. And I think they dropped a Primarch on each side just to balance out. Cause obviously, you know, nine dudes can't really fairly fight anyway. Um, yeah, I, it was really interesting to me that, I mean, obviously, you know, they're selling the new liar model and they're never going to like kill him in the first round. But obviously, he went on to win the whole thing and he even beat Horace in the final. Um, and I think most people would be like, hmm, really? And I think, you know, from a fluff point of view, I don't think anyone would really have the lion down for, you know, beating Horace in a one-on-one fight, especially not when he's, you know, aligned with the four out. chaos gods. Wasn't, yeah, when he's juiced up, but wasn't the lion the best one? And, uh, no, I mean, this is debated. I know there's like top four. And this is, I know yeah, there's like top four. Oh, mate, yeah. you just opened this whole is, can of worms. I don't know yeah. if we have time to <laughs> go through. <laughs> no, we probably, <laughs> whole episode, we probably don't. The eight-hour hero character podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be, but no, it's just interesting because I thought, oh, that's quite cool. Um, you know, they're obviously really pushing him, but they're really making out that like he is really, really strong. And actually, when you look at all the rules for all of the Primarchs, and actually, I think I had like a whole sort of, I think, afternoon of playing around with uh, 30k lists on Battlescribe just for fun, just to see how they work and what the mechanics are behind them. But looking at all of the different Primarchs rules was amazing and seeing which ones were, say, toughness seven and which ones were only toughness six. Like those little things there, it's like that's quite interesting because when you look at Bobby G's rules in 40K, his actual stat line is not that dissimilar from his 30K stat line in a way. Obviously, it hasn't got... That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, just from the terms of like toughness, um, I think the saves kind of similar. He's got like a two-up armor. Um, obviously, 30k is built on like what are they modified seventh mechanic, so it plays a very different game. And and apologies if I'm getting mm. a couple of the stats wrong, but um, yeah, it is really interesting thinking about what that might do because you know obviously characters that have gone missing in the 30k timeline coming back 
is quite a big thing. And like I said earlier as well, like Valdor, there's been no real like closure to that. Um, and I think that what's really interesting as well is like They're I keep forgetting more about him. Hmm, intriguing. Yeah, the, with the writing for Valdor, as far as I'm aware, is almost like some of the fluff surrounding the older loyalist Primarchs and how they just sort of seemingly disappeared off into the warp at some point. Um, most of them after the scouring, but before, what is it, M40 uh, in the actual timeline of things. Um, yeah, Valdor could be a really interesting one. I don't know really, I don't know if custodies really need him, um, but it would just be really interesting for the fluff because where has he been and what's he actually been doing? Um, but maybe it makes more sense if he's one of the ones that comes back later. But there's a lot of people that kind of go missing in 30K that, okay, maybe they haven't finished off writing the rest of their arcs, but like one in particular, I still remember in, uh, I don't know if you guys do, but in Fulgrim, uh, the ancient Rylanor is yeah. the Dreadnought, is the legendary Dreadnought that's defending the Loyalists, like their small compound with like Saul Tarvis and that whole crew on Isfan 3. And he disappears at some point in the book towards the end. He just disappears off into this weird bunker where they think there's like a starship or something, but it's like buried deep in the mountains and he just kind of disappears and they don't bring him up again. And that's like, he's just off into the mists. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, this, is, this brings up another point. Firstly, I want to say, Angel Mylanor is a, like just an awesome character that would it'd be immense to see him in some form. Like, whether it's 30k or whatever, it'd be really cool to see him. Well, imagine if he comes back as like a Black Shield Dreadnought that, you know, he's like a character Dreadnought and they make a whole thing about like he's, you know, one of the original Death Watch or something. Well, what, yeah, I mean, that'd be sick any kind of story arc around that. What, one thing I wanted to ask you, boys, was um, do you think, what about, what about the idea of loy- like the traitor legions, but people that stayed loyal to the emperor coming back and vice versa? Like we find out that, you know, because obviously we've got, um, with the Dark Angels, we've got their whole kind of um, uh, offshoot into into trade legions do you i kind of have a feeling that they're going to do like a offshoots of of loyalists and, and traitor legions that i mean we all know the alpha legion are really loyalists so i'm looking forward to doing my loyalist alpha legion army but um <laughs> yeah what, what what do you reckon on that like maybe doing an ancient one or come back um there's another um there's another empress children guy that they just brought back for 30k I've completely forgotten his name who's a wicked model Saul um, Tarvit sorry thanks you already mentioned him but like characters like that what about those guys maybe popping up in different guises or different ways or maybe doing playing around with who's loyal and who's 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 not we've obviously seen that a little bit in some of the teasers and some of the other stuff what, what are your thoughts around that yes I'll, I'll, I'll let Nick jump in in a sec it's um I'll just quickly say that it's it's kind of difficult for the 30k uh, loyalist characters to kind of come back into 40k just because of the time and I think we've mm-hmm. seen that with like Sigismund you know even he felt a bit old and slow um, but yeah Nick any thoughts I mean it, it, you know having more kind of renegade characters fills a niche that they, that is un, unexplored because we don't have a lot of them I would say the only mm. the only one that is like a super neutral is Cypher, 
who else who else fills that niche no one does so having that that's a really good point as well that is exciting i would say you know then there's then there's chapters like um cocorodons that sort of like you know kind of uh, flirt a bit with with renegade tigeros yeah and and you know so yeah and they and they are i mean they they are really cool you know what i mean and so there's there's more of a i think there's more of a niche with that um I, i'd really hope i'd really hope that with uh like gw saying that they're kind of what is it they're like unifying with forge world and all the forge world rules mm. um mm. because forge world have clearly like if, if you go into battle and look at the forge world sub chapters like every single one of them gives you a special character um yeah. i mean funnily enough someone mentioned the lamenters earlier like Malakim Foros, the chapter master of the Lamenters. I think he's now the only character in the game, uh, as far as SM are concerned. He actually gives out flat reroll wounds yeah, instead nice. of reroll hits as a wow. chapter master aura, yeah. which is really cool because, like, if you're Lamenters, you're basically a successor of Blood Angels. So you're getting all the Blood Angels rules, which is really juicy for combat. And then a character comes along who gives you flat reroll wounds. And, you know, if you look at, like, SM update, you can make your own chapter master anyway uh, as well. I don't know whether you'd be able to blag running two, but anyway, yeah, there's there's lots you could do with that. Um, but it, it excites me for the future if GW maybe take a leaf out of Forge World's book and start thinking a bit more interestingly. Um, yeah. it's, it's almost a shame that Forge World spent so long... Um, you know, or, or the time that, however much time they've spent, uh, sort of filling out and adding characters for all of these kind of random sub chapters. Because uh, honestly, if we look at like all the fluff and stuff, I know there's cool stories about all of them, but like Carcharodons, Nova Marines, um, you know, the list of kind of random chapters that don't seem to be that actually consequential in the grand story of 40k. There's just there's loads of them in these these. Uh, you know there's loads of these characters that are available so yeah it would make a lot more sense if they went and started giving some more love to all of the actual chapters you know I mean the fact that it took them however long to bring out Pharos for the Iron Hands I mean the Iron Hands spent about probably a year and a half of 8th edition with no named characters yeah. and like they're, they're the Iron Hands they're like one of the most known loyal chapters like why the loyal chapters aren't kind of first and foremost after, you know, kind of doesn't make sense to me in a way. You you bring up a very valid point. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And and we're starting to, it's it's cool that they explore it. I mean, like you said, it's interesting to see, you know, I think Salamanders are an intriguing example because they have a lot of um, famous name characters. And none of them got updated when they they decided to bring out a new Primaris character. Um, yeah, they just same. added. That's really interesting, actually, because they've actually had quite a bit of love from Forge World as well. They've got yeah, like two well, unique Forge World characters. Yeah, you've got you've also got Volkenstein. They've got an apothecary who that they don't seem to have a model for anymore either. They've obviously got Brayoff, who we've mentioned, and then but their chapter master doesn't have a model. Now there is a part of my, my brain that's kind of like. Games Workshop have always tried to reinforce the idea that it's our hobby and, and it's they give us a lot of leeway for us to kind of create the armies we want. So I think sometimes they create a character that we can then 
create a model for and that can be bespoke to us and also give us that's a good you point. know yeah um a, 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 like an element of creativity where we can create our own chapters and all this kind of stuff but that, then they've also but, but there's an interesting there's an interesting balance that that, that they i'm sure they're going for but it like them and Salamanders and Imperial Fist as well. We're going to do a new character rather than you know one of one of the known ones. It'll be interesting to see, you know, because there are some real big characters with old models like Dante. I think is probably um, yeah. it was it was Ragnar and Ragnar got his update and he's one sick model two for his points probably one of the best characters. I said characters weren't or some of the characters weren't legacy characters weren't effective. Like you look at his old rules and how much he cost compared to how good he is now and how much he synergizes um, space walls for 120 points. He is immense. Um, do, you, do, you so, know, do you guys know if the White Scars character was he was he new? Uh, was he brand new? I think I think he was new, but I don't know as much. No, about it, White Scars, it, Ben. Yeah, no, he was he was a, a remake. He was. Um, He's still Corsair Khan, basically. So he is the, I think, captain of the third or fourth company, which right. to the Scars is essentially the master of the hunt. So he's he's not just a captain. He's basically the captain that they send off on like vendetta and vengeance missions against people they really, really hate. Um, that's so cool. And yeah, how that's, can you not I like mean, white scars? I would think recently I've been like. Why did I know about? And that's the other thing as well. White scars as a lead, as a chapter, they weren't really a thing back in the day. Like I don't even remember seeing. Well, like when I was a kid, I don't remember seeing one. Some of the shattered legions, some of the the guys from Isfan, all that much. And then two people like the white scars didn't see it at all. Yeah, I think in a way we're kind of. I guess we almost, I almost forget myself in a way of how like, yeah, we're, we're sort of spoiled by more knowledge and fluff about all these, uh, you know, loyalist chapters and legions. They've really fleshed all of that out and added so much weight and depth to it since, you know, from what I can see of like the really old fluff that was in like the early editions and the first couple ever codexes, you know, obviously they didn't really plan on, you know, I think what who are they the the uh the mentor legion there was like a, an old mentors. yeah the mentors were like in one of the early codexes and they just got sort of like stuffed into a corner as they developed all the other ones that were much cooler and more interesting what about what about the, um, rain, the rainbow warriors though <laughs> yeah yeah and the rainbow warriors but <laughs> I, I, yeah I'm say something I, controversial we, I feel like the white okay. scars were um a racial stereotype and nothing more to start with unfortunately you know they've been yeah. Khan's been fleshed out. He's so Genghis much. Khan. He's he's been he's the he's the character that's had um, an incredible uh, an incredible reworking. Which and I feel like the Iron Hands need that next because they're the most they're the most starved of that. As, you know, as far as I know, I've never read any of the books, but I'm I've I've been told that um, <laughs> a couple like Sons of Medusa was apparently good, and that's not even about the Iron Hands themselves. So, well. I think that's, Ad's mentioned it earlier, that's a really good point too. Like they did an awesome job with making, with fleshing out the car and making him this really cool, interesting character. And the White Scars as well as a legion, they're not just this bunch of Genghis Khan racial stereotypes anymore. They're actually, you know, a bunch of speed freak nutters who, you know, they'll fly jet bikes through their starship whilst they're traveling through the warp. Um, 
you know, just for fun and they'll race each other through bulkheads and stuff, which is awesome. Um, the Iron Hands have had that a bit though, yeah. I think it's been more of a case of where they've written about them in like some of the Shattered Legion novellas uh, and some of the, I guess, the books that focus on other chapters. I think Angel Exterminatus had that, you know, has that really, it, it's got a really wide range of sort of characters and, and legions in it. And um, there's loads of bits with like Sharakin and the Raven Guard and, and um, you know, uh, I think that Iron Hands feature in that, but there's certainly a few bits where like uh, uh, one always springs to mind for the Iron Hands where they talk about one of the Iron Fathers, uh, Freighter Thematica. He basically turbocharges a starship and flies it through a traitor starship just to destroy them. Um, and, you know, that's awesome. That's so like he's a tech Marine. He like connects and communes with the machine spirit of that starship and then literally uses it as like a missile. Um, the other legions aren't really capable of doing that because that's not really their thing and that's really cool they need more stuff like that and I think we're now you know we saw it I think me and Gilesy spoke about it in a, just a random conversation but like we're really lucky that sort of I think the end of 7th and the start of 8th has been like this new dawn where they're aligning everything now they're aligning the book releases with model releases with actual you know, with actual rule updates and they're sort of timing the actual like psychic awakening is going to be part of a new law and that's actually going to, you know, impact the storylines. All of that together kind of spells, I think, good things for characters, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think you're right, mate. I, I tend to agree. And, and you know, it's, it's funny. There's, there's already so many characters. Like every time we kind of talk about different, you mentioned a different character. I'm like, oh yeah, this guy in, in, in my head. And then it, it, there were, there were so many, it's what we love about 40 K is the fact that we get given these really amazing stories that we get to feel like we're part of on the battlefield, but then we get to make our own stories using these characters or our own characters. And I think it's a character driven hobby, um, which is why I'm keen to talk about some of the characters, you know, like this, there's a couple that, that I, you know, still really want to see on the tabletop. I recently read um, Armageddon, uh, Hell's Reach, which has got the, you know, the Black Templars in it. And I didn't really know much too much about the Black Templars apart from that, the, you know, you know, their descendants from obviously um, the Imperial Fist, who I'm not, never really been that much of a fan of, but Black Templars are really cool. Yeah. I, uh, you know, um, Grimaldus and, and, and all that, all those guys, like they've got some really interesting characters and the Black Templars and Hell's Reach are just, gangsters really like they re they come across really well and like um and i think that there's again there's so many characters in you know people like pedro cantor absolute beast like and i've seen some epic conversions of him as a primaris character but it'd be really cool if he came back you know suddenly we and and there are a lot of there are a lot of chapters like white scars are one that i think everyone really likes but i haven't really seen many people playing lots of 40k with white scars yet okay. and obviously we've got new bikes coming that I think I think it's because and I think that will change. Yeah. It's because they painted white. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one wants to paint white. Honestly, like, and you know, no one feels. Uh, and people are less inclined to play a successor chapter of White Scars because um, they're not they're, they're not really represented anywhere either. There's no famous successor chapter for White Scars. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, too. I, it's 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 in, yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting, but I think that you know. I actually, well, I actually quite like painting white, but um, I'm, you know, I'm not the best painter. But I think that um, I mean, so do I. So do I. 
Do you know who I think we're going to see? Sorry, soon. I think we'll see. Um, I think we'll see Gabriel. Seth. Go on. We'll see. Like a, we'll see. Another, we know. We'll, I was going to. We'll we'll follow. Um, we'll follow Dante. I think, and it's interesting about him because obviously in um, you know, in 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 uh in the in the conquest book um, uh in the Baal book, he yeah expresses his disdain about uh, Primaris and how it's just ultramarines painted red. And you know, yeah. apparently, <laughs> apparently he's he's uh, he's reformed his views since then in some story. I can't remember which one it was. Someone told there me there was a it. short recently. Yeah, there was a short recently where basically a primaris, um, a primaris kind of captain comes to kind of join his like his his captains, and um, they basically beat the crap out of him, um, and then he's like welcomes him into the um, the flesh terrors, and it's kind of them. I think it's almost like they're using Gabriel Seth as that person in the corner with their old Marines that are like, I'm going to hold on to these till the end of time. Like white knuckling <laughs> there. Um, I thought you were just going to say baby Marines till, till, till the end. And then he's going to finally turn and they're all going to have to give up their baby Marines and join us in the very cool primaris world that we all live in. <laughs> Gabriel Seth crossing the Rubicon will be the death knell of normal Marines from that yeah, point I thought, yeah I'm, I'm calling it yeah I, th- I thought you were going to say it's the short story where Gabriel Seth goes into his armory after the devastation of Baal and gets told that he's got three guys left <laughs> I mean yeah <laughs> he's a wicked character though he's a he's then, a wicked then character then all of a sudden a he's like model. Yes, uh, yeah, you he is. Model. I mean, that cha- like, can you imagine that chainsaw Primaris scale? Jesus, Ooh, baby. I mean, honestly, and you know what? Like another, you know, you mentioned Giles. You mentioned the um, Black Templars, dudes. You know, and it's they. We might see more of them coming because you know the the, the new box set has that. Like I mentioned it last podcast, it has that night that more night feel. You know, aesthetic. Yeah, you know, to to all the units that are featured in it, and. It just seems like a, a good time to start rolling out, um, you know, maybe uh, Dark Angels or Black Templar models because they're so aesthetically unique in that way. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, definitely. Blood Angels. Blood, blood, definitely. Blood Angels that definitely feels like they've... I mean, Blood Angels are... Sorry, mate. I was just going to say, they definitely feel like they've changed in the style a little bit. For, for, for With that box set, they're kind of like giving us a bit more, like Space Marine players, a bit more to play with. Um, yeah. And certainly, like you say, the Blood Angels, Dark Angels, those guys are going to really get a kick out of this kind of stuff. And bikes as well for Scars and Dark Angels. Like we're gonna, I think we're gonna start seeing some really cool armies. Yeah, I think also it might be worth saying as well that I think like the um, next point about like the, the style changes, like you were kind of talking about before, I think maybe in one of the last podcasts actually about how like you had the Vanguard Marines and they're all very like kind of new and a bit more like trimmed down, like new style Mm. armor. And actually they've suddenly brought this Gothic style back with all the like tabards and the, you know, skulls and decoration on the, what are they, the blade guard veterans they're bringing out. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that could be really cool if they start to go a little bit more gothic again and that the next wave of releases are a bit more of a grimdark kind of reminder in a way. You know, they don't have to rehash old things. They can still make it new, but I yeah, think, having um, that cool style. I think it accompanies the the Necron Redux as well because the Necrons 
feel like sort of like old school horror ish to me, you know, mixed with, you know, more modern fantasy, like the, the, at least the warriors do. And I think it's a, it's a really good companion piece for that because the chaos at this point is just horrific. You know what I mean? It's, it's a new, it's kind of like a new, a, a new, a new pedestal of, 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 of horror. It's not, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make you th- harken back to things. So I think that's why they, they, they chose, it was, I mean, they, you know, their, their decisions were, were, were incredible. I think, you know, stylistically it, it makes so much sense. So I, I applaud them for that. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I think, I think it's cool. Um, and actually, well, you know, we've got, we've, they're going to, we've got a new live coming on this Saturday where they're going to talk about what's in the box. So perhaps we'll do like a, we'll, we'll jump on another podcast and talk about, talk about that. That'd be cool to kind of, you know, cause we're going to get some more details, probably some rules, some other bits and pieces. So I'm really looking forward to that. Just to close out just before, cause we've been talking for a little while now. And I think, um, you know, those that are interested in space Marines are still with us. Those that are interested in um, <laughs> Xenos, Xenos factions, despite Ben's best efforts are probably uh, turning us off. Um, who like I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. You can you can pick one character to come back to 40k. Only one. Who is he and why? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna pick um, a, a Tushan from the the chapter master of the Salamanders. Like I want to see a model of that guy on the table. Like I'm reading the Salamanders omnibus at the moment. He's like he, there's a really cool short story where he talks to Dante. He seems like a real dude, um, and he's starting to become like this character, but. He's sort of unknown and he's never been represented on the table. So I quite like to see him, him, him come to the game. If, if I can't choose someone like Vulcan or, or Lehman Russ, because I think that, you know, I don't know if they'll ever bring Vulcan back. It'd be pretty hard to bring character back that can't bloody die. I mean, they've already got Gilliman who gets up on a four or whatever it is. So yeah, I think I'm going to pick two, Sam. Um, um, uh, that, that out of all the characters I could, because there's just so many. I mean, Spatials have a ton, so I've already pretty, I'm pretty lucky anyway. I get a lot of characters to play with. But guys, who, if you could pick one character to come back to 40k, who would you who would you go with and why? Ben, you go first. I've got an interest on the spot. This is where you both. God like, uh, damn it! Uh, I was going to say you. I was going to say you go first, Nick. Damn. <laughs> Are we excluding Primarchs or not? I'm completely up to you, mate. Let's go. Whoever. I think I don't know I think from a from a completely biased selfish point of view um, it would be really awesome to see someone like Korax come back Um, someone that's you know from one of the slightly lesser known loyalist chapters um, that would be really awesome I think that they could do so much with the fluff in that and it would be a bit of a surprise in a way because he's not really, you know, they're not desperate for him in a sense. I mean, any of the loyalist primarchs coming back is a welcome gift to the Imperium, I'm sure. Um, but he would be a really cool one. But I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm just kind of picking him because I'm a bit not sure. <laughs> I think if I thought about this for a while. It's certainly difficult. Nick, any, any, any ideas? <laughs> All right, I've got mm. two more that I'd quite like to see and give you a bit more thinking time. I know I've put you on the spot. So oh, wait, for, you're I'll, getting two I'll, more? I'll keep some of the... Well, yeah, I'm going to pick two more just to fill a bit of space while you guys have a bit more... <laughs> give you a bit more time to think of maybe spawn some ideas. Um, 
I'll actually pick a Xenos one. I think it'd be really cool to see a reimagined old One-Eye because also there's no Carnifex mm. is really played that much these days. Um, a lot of their sculpts are a little bit on the older side and it'd be really cool to see like a Tyranid character. I'd also think it'd be really cool to see them make some more Tyranid characters because a lot of their monsters, like, like a character Hive Tyrant perhaps, like, um, I had that's, I had it's, it's hard because they're obviously kind of part of the Hive mind. I had them when that's I was a really good point. Yeah, it was, it's a bit uh, hard because... They're, yeah. they're all hive minds, aren't they? All controlled by the hive minds. They don't really have characters, but even, or a lictor. It'd be really cool to see more lictors on the table as well, because I remember them being horrific when I was a child, um, playing against them, being like, you know, our other friend Ben, who, who um, the other Ben in our group is a big Tyranid player. He always used to give me nightmares with his lictors. Um, but then my other character, probably my favorite character in all of. Um, Black, uh, Black Library's written word is John Grammacus. Yes. And he would be yes. pointless awesome. to play on the table, probably, for many reasons. But I would, well, no, if they see. ever brought him back or did did something like that, again, I don't want to say too much because there's there's plenty of spoilers around him. Um, but he would be, he'd be someone I'd love to see, like a character like, he'd be the character I'd love to see on the table. He's amazing. I, funnily enough, I nearly, I nearly said him and same I think <laughs> yeah I said, it doesn't count the, <laughs> I can't <always> play <laughs> we all three of us pick him um, no it's it's okay, one cool. of those things that, like, I've got to say to James well, actually, wait, 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 hold he's got to come back he's, um, we've spoken no I mean I'm going to I'm going to go look at you know on, on, the, on the Xenos theme right I would love to see a Primorg because yeah. yeah yeah that would be amazing yeah I tell you what would be would just be awesome is if they really looked at all of the all of the uh the xenos factions like all of the factions in the game and just made sure that they've got at least at least two characters for each army that's not just you know like decent but are like really really good um and i say two just so that you've got a bit of variety like you know maybe you have a melee one maybe you have a shoot yeah. one. even tau have a melee option with Farsight, right? Commander Farsight, who's the part of the Farsight Enclave. Um, yeah. Is it Enclave or Set? I think it might be Set, actually. Apologies I think it's Set. To all the I think it's set. Apologies to all the Tau players, Chris. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it would be really cool if they put that sort of time and effort into it. And there are actually examples for all of them, I'm sure. And I mean, the perpetuals in 30K, they could blatantly work in 40K if you sort of looked at them as like oh, their own sort of mini faction and they're, you know, maybe they're all about support, um, you know, like old person. Well, and, that's why I'm know, really interested in Mariah as a book. Then, because like, that's a great opportunity to bring those types of characters in with Pariah. Um, sure, I sort yeah. of have a feeling. Are you guys? That they're gonna. That, that's where they'll bring them in. Do you guys know? Sorry, Nick. Go on. Do you guys know what happened to Janice, the shard of Magnus, who founded? You know, went on to found the Grey Knights. Uh, what actually happened to him? Yeah, like where, 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 where is he now? Because as far as I know, they never. There was never. Any, there's never anything that was finalized the about, original, his, about his end. I mean that that would be amazing as well like what the original grandmasters of the grey knights coming back as like character series that would be yeah. that, with, be with, the with their primaris ever. reinforcements huh <laughs> <laughs> primaris grey knights oh yeah. god oh god um even someone like malkador the sigilite like 
you know, he's in bloody every book under the sun at the moment, it feels like. Like, he's constantly yeah, talking about a character like that. Like, I think just because of his storyline, though, they like, unless they wreck on it again, because, I mean, one of the things when we were talking about um, the Primarchs and the Heresy earlier that I didn't really mention, but I sort of made a note to, was the old Visions of Heresy book, the one with all the original John Blanche drawings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine that they're still drawing inspiration from that, seeing as that they've, they've they sort of re-released it as like a redone, reorganized book. Uh, a couple of years ago now or a few um but i wonder whether they're getting any ideas and inspiration for that because that that as far as i'm aware has the original outline of the actual horace heresy and the story points of it like if you read it now you'd be like oh this is basically the sort of backbone of what they've been writing about um and i think malcador's oh, malcador's Mal- role is quite not final but you know, for them to wreck on it, it's almost like Sanguinous coming back or, you know, yeah. like we said earlier, Ferris. Yeah. I think it's... Well, it, it, interesting thing with Sang... Yeah, no, I think you're right, mate. I think you make a really valid point. I, I'm just interested to see how far they take, kind of take the stuff and what characters that they want to... I think the Sanguinous stuff, there's, there's a lot of interesting ideas about, like, how his spirit could kind of come back and, like, you know, even someone like Dante and they're hinting at certain things around it. Yeah. You know, we've talked about Blood of Ball. There's some really interesting bits with Dante and that and Mephiston as well about, like, you know, the future. And they're, they're, there's a lot of, like, um, of interesting plot points that they could go down. Um, one thing, just to, uh, just to draw back to what you were saying about, like, every faction getting some of these characters, I think the Silent King is a really good look into that. Like, he's basically the way I've had it, heard it described quite a lot is he's a sort of a Primark level character. So it almost feels like they're going to get like their own Primark like size character. I almost count abandoned in that. Like you've kind of got these big, like, you know, yeah. big characters for factions. So I think Silent King's kind of be the start of that. And it would be cool if, you know, we, like we say, Tyranids, Dark Elder, Elder, everyone got their own, you know, Elder have got like avatars and they've got so many cool, um, characters to, to play with as well so I'm sure we'll see more of that fleshed out um, but obviously I only really care about Space Marines so I just want to see all the <laughs> and lots of, and lots of cool, cool, cool captains and first captains that's all I really care about I will say um, just to, to, to just quickly bring up the, the Imperial Guard um, what's that, that female commissar she's uh, in a book now and they, re- they released a book and they released a model for her like almost oh, side by side, cool. a seven oh, ring thing. That's that really is very cool. cool. So they, I think they may, you know, they, they, we might see a little bit more of that in the future as well, where they 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 release books and characters, you know, to coincide with each other. Um, her, her model's really cool as well. Yeah, that'd be dope. I'd yeah, like to see her actually. I'd love to. I had a model of him when I was a kid, but I'd love to see Commissar Yarrick come back. He's oh, yeah. also there's a he he's briefly pops up in Hell's Reach and he's so, he's a gangster. He's like this guy that quite happily tells Space Marine to go like do one and also this, <laughs> this, this beaten old man, but it's still super hard. He's like one of those old builder blokes who's just like you know lives forever <laughs> and has got like a metal claw and just rolls around the battlefield telling people to fuck off. <laughs> like it'd be great to see Yarek um, come yeah. back. Well, he ties in quite heavily with the orcs, I think. Yeah, Doesn't I, was surprised, he? I was surprised. Yarek, right? Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't, uh, you know. Yeah, I think Gazgul he does. His, Gazgul mm. is his uh, his enemy. You know, he also comes uh, comes with his pimp pimp mobile, the Bane blade, the custom tailored Bane blade. 
that he acquired <laughs> from Exhibit and Pimp My Ride and, you know, all those years ago. <laughs> He's got 32-inch LED screens yeah. in it, yeah. Amazing. Uh, I mean, it'd be good to see more stuff like that, but I think that, like, something that I noticed, especially recently, like, uh, it's, it's a funny one, but, like, I was painting my custodies and just looking at the models, and it's, like comparing them to some of the old what we call fail cast models of like some of the old marines and things and these people that we're talking about like i think quite genuinely um you know games workshop could make an absolute killing simply by just going and getting every single character that they've got and just going here's a lovely new plastic version of them because everyone wants one you know they're not going to not sell them they're not going to be like, oh, we've re-released this classic character in plastic. He's got all the same rules and stuff. Yeah, everyone's still going to run out and buy it. You know, yeah. um, you look at the quality of the models that they're releasing now, and it's just like they're so awesome to work with, uh, to paint, to all, all of that. So it's like you just kind of want that for for everything. So I hope, you know, I'm sure that, that it's on their list, but yeah, I can only hope that they keep well, just look at more. Absolutely. I mean, all you've got to do is get get go on. If you if you if you're in front of a device that has internet, type in Gazgold Cracker and look at the three iterations of his model, like the original to yeah, the last, the last one, and then the new one. Oh my God, there's a bit of a difference. The first one, it like he's a really cool model for the '90s, but like Jesus, yeah. it was like well, it just like hilarious compared well, to like, the one now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his his last model to the one, this one is is quite quite a difference like he was he was you know this weird pose where they're, they're all like doing the i'm a i'm a teapot kind of pose um <laughs> every space marine captain or hero characters kind of like yes here's my handle here's my spout holding I, I, a gun and a, and a and a some form of power weapon yeah and and i actually think that i'd go so far as to say that the 40k actual modeling team they really seem to get poses much better than the 30k modeling team without being harsh um you know forge world makes some amazing <laughs> models yeah don't get me wrong but like sanguinius's face and that like stop it pose that he's got going on is just like i mean they, 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 they didn't, i mean that's based off a painting you know what i mean but and, and i don't think they, yeah. did the cor- they don't i don't think they made a correct decision um going with with that particular pose even though it's a it's a, a classic painting from antiquity um i understand what they were trying to do but like it still has to be a model at the end of the day right yeah, yeah, and I, I love that you said that. that's a really good point. Like they'll leave the faces for people to paint them and stuff for sure. Um, and you can repose. I mean, a, a lot of the resin, particularly the four drop stuff, is amazing for like reposing and, and you know, kit bash and doing whatever you want with it. Um, but yeah, I just mean from looking at the plastic, the, the new plastic. You can't repose Fabius Biles' uh, Winston Churchill nose, though. You know, that's going to require, require <laughs> oh, some slanish, slanish level <laughs> fucking plastic surgery to fix that one. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh my God. Man. I think we'll have to do a whole so separate much, podcast to just face. about faces. Yeah. Yeah, Give that nose is face. awful. He looks like he's so bad. It's so close. Considering he's the master of cloning, he's like, no, I'm going to stick with this nose. But but, f- fabulous, Bill, you could change it. No, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going with it. Yeah, you think you think he? Yeah. That's how he talks. He right? out his fucking hairline as well whilst he was at it, Brian. Yeah. Oh my I god! I mean, he was, you know, in in Fulgrim's Primark novel, he was supposed to be, uh, you know, handsome, as handsome as as the as the rest of the, you know, the 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 boy wonders. The glitter, la- glitter gang. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh man! All right, lads. Well, I think we should probably draw this to a close. Like you say, we could talk about this kind of stuff for hours. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope people have found some of this entertaining or useful. Um, I'm, I'm keen to see what characters we get, and I'm like, I just think that you know, we've said this in the last couple of podcasts, but it's such a cool time to be a 40k nerd. Um, you know, and I just, I just can't with some of the characters getting some of the love and like just some wicked models. I can't wait to kind of get my hands on them and paint them. Like some of the and some of the kit bashes, it's just oh, it's so good, such a great time. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Thanks for your input, like your knowledge as well. Um, ben, you're like a 40k space marine encyclopedia, and Nick, you're like a chaos, uh, chaos um, Wikipedia. So thank you very much for your time, gents, um, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace, guys. Cheers, thank you dude. Very much. Take care, everyone.